We're here once again at TAPSCON 2022 in Waco. Uh, man, it's been a great first day yesterday, just um, being able to visit and, and see a lot of coaches, uh, see a lot of vendors, see a lot of athletic directors. And it's, man, it's always refreshing just to get a little bit of extra learning in. I think that's the theme anytime you come to something like this is really try to uh, grab more knowledge. A lot of times we just get caught up in other stuff, the little happy hours and the foods and all that kind of stuff. That's part of it, but that's not really what it's about. It's, it's things like this, sitting in and learn how to promote your school, promote your business, promote your programs. Um, and, you know, so we've kind of hit on a lot of sports. Um, before this, we've had swimming and we've had basketball. And, you know, we've talked about track and weightlifting and all kind of stuff. And this time I want to um, switch gears a little bit and let's go back to female um, athletics um, and talk about some volleyball. Because, um, you know, that's one of the biggest programs we have at, at JP2. Particularly, we have four volleyball teams. Probably got enough for five or six, um, but we're just kind of going to limit it at the four. Um, and I'm honored uh, to be able to call myself a friend. I think he calls me a friend. We'll find out. I'll get it on record here in a minute if he calls me a friend or an associate or, or what. Um, but he also sits on the board with me here at TAPS. So there's a whole lot of things that we can talk about. So we're going to hit on some volleyball and some uh, TAPS business. Everybody, please give a warm welcome to Matt Maples of Irving Stone Gates. How you doing, brother? Yeah, see, the good thing about doing the podcast is that we are got people walking around, and it's good to have. I don't know if you've met this guy. This is Marco <laughs> Rivera. Uh, he's a head football coach over at the Shelton School. Uh, probably need to get you on um, come do this too, but play with the Green Bay Packers. I did. Oh, uh, bro, yes. and he's the man. Penn State. Penn State. Yep. Sorry about that, but, you know, it is what it is. So um, it's good seeing your, you and your wife here uh, as well. So I'll, I'll catch up with you, yeah, uh, I'll see you in a little bit. Good, well, thank you, man. Thank you. And so... Um, Matt Maples is, joins with us, and so let's talk about your school first, because um, okay. I'm not sure if everybody knows exactly where you're located at, so let's start with that. Uh, okay, I'm at uh, Irving Stonegate Christian Academy, uh, formerly known as Shady Grove Christian Academy, uh, years before I, I arrived on the scene, uh, tucked away, a little unknown, honestly. Um, if, if we're in the fine arts world, people know us. Uh, starting to build that reputation in the volleyball world as well. Um, but we've been around for over 45 years and uh, now have our own property for the first time as a little 1A school we actually own, not just borrowing from a church. So uh, we're sitting in a pretty good spot right now. So you guys have at least expanded over, the, I'm saying over the past few years because I had the opportunity to come out and visit and talk, speak at uh, one of your, uh, not banquets, but you know, some functions that you had and you, Put it in a new gym. And, Read a kid's uh, book, too, yeah. if I recall. <laughs> I yeah, that was I a good did. one right there. I did. So are you guys uh, looking to grow anymore? How do you guys feel about Yeah, we're, we're looking at actively promoting. Actually, while I was in there to heckle you yesterday for the marketing stuff, uh, it definitely was something that we're starting to be very deliberate with because uh, we're discovering there's a lot of people, even in Irving, that don't know who we are, what we do, uh, what we have to offer the community. Um, so we're starting to really turn that corner to really try to expand a little bit. I think our commitment is to keep the classes small. Um, so I think in our facility we could get up probably to a 2A level, but uh, we got we got room to grow. So the, the teams that are in your district right now would be uh, 
Uh, let's see, with the new re redistricting, I'm not 100% sure. We got a few new schools in there, uh, Victory Baptist and Weatherford, um, Azel Christian, um, Waxhatchee Preps back in my district, Waco Eagle. So we'll be coming back down here every once in a while. Oh man! Uh, and then we've got uh, Cornerstone from Granberry, new to the new to Taps. So a nice little mix of veteran schools and old uh, new schools. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So Traveling you, is a thing. I see. You're going to be moving <laughs> around a little bit. I mean, I know we try to work out some of those kinks as best we can. You know, with Taps when we're looking at redistricting. Um, but it, it's Texas. Yes. Uh, you're going to travel. I when I played in sports in California. Small school divisions. I was traveling three hours almost to every district game, so uh, I'm happy with 45 minutes to an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about volleyball a little bit, uh, just the, the world and the culture of it. I don't know how much different it is between a 1A, 2A, 5A, 6A, and what girls typically do in the off season. Is the club world still kind of strong on you guys in as well yeah well that's increasing i think the most competitive 1a schools their kids all go play club uh, at least half of them uh, this year we actually had the most from our school ever go play club so i think we're getting ready to turn a corner on that front as well um, but yeah there's still that competition for their attention because uh, 1a they're they're in the drama productions they're in everything uh, those are the kids we attract uh, so we, we do compete with club quite a bit for the time I coach club for the first time. I had to, my daughter's playing as a junior high kid, so um, I had to jump into that world, uh, enjoy it. But it, it is, it changes the culture a little bit because you do a lot of instruction. Uh, I ha I'll have off the top of my head that I know of at this point, I've got three girls that have never played volleyball this year or coming into next season. Uh, so I'll be doing a lot of just teaching the basics and fundamentals while trying to bring them up to the varsity level strategy. Mm -hmm. uh, the most competitive teams, one to three A, are pretty, pretty comparable though. So how do you handle that part of, um, saying time management? I guess you know, and you know, the s s smaller the school, sometimes the more things they're involved with, it and a bunch of different things, and maybe they're doing things after school, weekends, family. How, how do you talk to your girls about about that? Well, I think they ha we do talk about prioritizing some. Uh, I mean, when we're in the middle of season, other things have to give a little bit. Um, I do try to, my commitment to the team is I never practice more than an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, so we try to get in, pound stuff out. When I was a younger coach, I'm like two, two and a half hours. I realize I've diminished returns there. So about an hour, 45 minutes, we can get everything done we need with the size of roster we have. And kind of give them the opportunity to still be kids. Uh, I, I want them to spend time with family. I want them to be excelling in the classroom. Um, that's kind of always our goals. We, we always joke that the grades are always higher during volleyball season. If they miss assignments, I've got consequences for them. So it's something that they take real serious to you because they know I do. And that's not just because I'm their principal. I've been doing that for years. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So how many hats do you wear? Uh, there, what are you, the athletic director, the principal, athletic uh, director, head principal, of facilities, prin whatever. principal, which is our highest administrative spot uh, for the last year. So, uh, essentially, head of school for most most locations. But uh, athletic director, you have a good assistant AD who's taken some of that workload off. Then um, I just head volleyball coach. Uh, out of the, I do assist basketball some, but that's mainly because my child plays. But. Okay. And he'd be mortified. He's 17. He'd be mortified if you heard me call him a child. So. Well, and so 
I guess it's my chance to get my one joke on, joke in, and no one's sitting here um, or can see us because uh, it's a recorded show, um, audio only. So you like the, the tallest person on the uh, uh, basketball team? Uh, or, uh, or no, fortunately, fortunately my son's uh, sprouted past me. He's He's 5'10 now, so, <laughs> so it's fun. But I do remind them I can take them down. I don't care how tall they are. So yep. I occasionally put them, put them all in their place at one time or another. So That's right. That's and, right. and I was going to say at the end that I actually do consider you a friend, but now I'm rethinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So do, t- how, how did you get into coaching? Did you know you wanted to be a coach or you wanted to be an administrator? How, how did it come about? That's a good question. Uh, once upon a time in a galaxy far, far away, uh, I actually set out, I knew I wanted to work with kids. Uh, from the time I was honestly in high school, I went out to be a youth minister. So I actually got my bachelor's in youth ministry. Um, and then I took some coaching classes while I was in college and got connected with a large school uh, that was looking for uh, assistant coach, JV coach. And so I got plugged in as one of the top, uh, top people and most experienced people in the class and just fell in love with it. Fell in love with the teaching, the interactions. So I was trying to find a church that would let me use that as a way to get into public schools and was getting shot down, shot down, shot down. So at that point I went ahead and pursued education because I I figured still applies to my degree, still ministering to kids, Mm -hmm. Uh, actually spend more time with kids. Um, Administration just kind of happened though. Uh, So that's what got me into coaching. Uh, Then I spent most of my time teaching math uh, and then eventually worked into athletic administration and this experience. When you're in private schools for 25 years, you eventually work your way into that kind of a role, I think, what, how, if what, you're a leader. What, what about your journey to Stonegate? Have you been there the whole time, all of your career? Uh, that's a good question. We, I grew up Navy. Let me preface it with this. We actually right. bounced around the country. Uh, my, wherever my dad wanted uh, or got stationed, we went. Uh, so moving was never a thing. So when I was looking for a job, I looked countrywide. So it's just kind of part of what I knew to do. Uh, so we spent some time in Indiana, Las Vegas, got a lot of math jokes being in Vegas for a while. Um, and then ended up in Brenham for a while. And uh, when we were ready to, we realized we were more city people. Uh, we started looking and uh, moved up to Irving Stonegate at that point. Uh, I put a job post. They, they tracked me down and said, oh, you're a coach and we're looking for a math teacher. Let's go. And they brought me up, and I've been there 11 years now. I've just finished 11 years. Well, that's pretty awesome. And, and I need to say thank you for your service uh, as well. That was my dad uh, in the military, not uh, me. Yeah. I, just, well, I just travel. Thank your family for being uh, involved with that. Because my dad was, I, I didn't serve either, but I understand the concept of, because my dad was in the military. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize it really is a family, family issue, not just the, that's right. the, the that's one right. serving. You know, so... Um, all right, so you, you, you have this journey, you start making your way up or through or really defining who you are, and then you get the opportunity to come serve in some capacity of, uh, with TAPS. Uh, you know, most of us tend to start out on the Athletic Executive Committee. We came up um, at the same time. <laughs> we started there at the same time. That's right, that's right. So, um, I would say, and I just, you know, it's been really enjoyable. It, you know, we have our set of challenges sometimes on on rulings or bylaws and different things, but how do you think 
I've seen a progression on the development of our conventions. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? And what have you maybe kind of noticed? Oh, yeah, 100%. I think uh, the staff is doing a killer job at trying to not just put on a convention for the sake of putting on a convention, not just covering scope, not just uh, meeting requirements, but really providing an atmosphere where people can kind of get together, connect, learn something new, uh, get reminders. I got a reminder in the general session, you know, rest. We've got to find time for our athletes to rest. Uh, just to echo what you said, we're always looking for that. Um, I think professional coaches, athletic directors, educators, sat in on the fine arts meeting with you this morning, all of them, whatever they're coaching, uh, always trying to learn something new. And I, I think they've done a great job at providing classes that are going to be interesting for people in their little niche. It's not just uh, the misconception of just athletics. It's We had fine arts, we had photography, we had drama, we had speech stuff going on all the time uh, this this week. It's been great to see and every, it's just the excitement. I think it builds excitement for all the schools. Yes, it does help you get rejuvenated and get you ready to go. You know, it's June, but August will be here in a minute and we're all going to be right back at it. Well, actually, we're all at it anyway in the summer with camps and everything else. So I'll take that back. But, you know, uh, I guess it's a, different, I, it's a different grind. You know, so I would say sometimes I get disappointed in uh, coaches or staff members, including mine, you know, that may not want to attend or can attend um, or don't make it a priority. Um, what do you what would you say to particularly a younger coach that is just trying to get started and um, how much professional development do they actually need to do? Ooh, how much do they need? Yes. Oh, they need lifetime. <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we've been at it, well, you, you pr probably about years, the same. 20 I'm, years for me. I'm a little over 25. Okay. So, I mean, and I'm still looking to learn. Uh, I think as soon as I stop looking to learn, I need to get out of the profession. Rules change. Tactics change, um, but the one thing that's critical for me is always finding that mentor. So if you're a young coach, you need to get here, connect with people in your sport, not just from your school, get out of your bubble, your comfort zone. Uh, if you're like me, I really don't tell anybody, George, I don't like people. Um, <laughs> but so I have to get out of that and just meet people. I mean, you're, you gotta connect with other people and you never know, I still have people from uh, that I ran into at a tournament. Hey, what do you think about this? And you just build those relationships and it feels weird talking about being a mentor now. I, in my mind, I'm not that old yet, but I am a veteran <laughs> in a lot of, a lot of districts now. Um, it, it's just, it's critical. Uh, if you want to do this for a profession, it's critical to be looking for ways to develop professionally every year, uh, nonstop and realize there's always things outside of what you know, how you were coached, because let's be honest, could be right or wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily in the best interest for the athletes. Uh, it's important to realize that there's things, different ideas that we could always, always be trying to glean from others. Yes, it's critical. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 100% agree. I said this on one of the other podcast episodes uh, through this TAPSCon 2022 series um, that we are are having um, all you coaches you might need to click on every single one of them because I promise you you'll you'll learn um, a lot um, from it so basically again Mr. Matt Maples has kind of helped me sum up what I like to say and I kind of use it as my own 
hashtag maybe sometimes. It's when you stop learning, you will stop earning. So make sure you keep uh, getting your learn on, uh, regardless of how many games you won, how, whatever position you have worked yourself up to. Um, you should attend things like this as, as often as you can, as much as you can, as much as you can afford, in my opinion. It, um, it gives you a way to adapt. I mean, you, ever, mm -hmm. you want to force your team to do your way all the time, but that's not always practical. That's right. So it gives you tools to be able to adapt to what personnel you have. Mm -hmm. it, it's important. Yeah, absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So last thing, well, um, I know we kind of talked about where your, your school is, um, but we have a lot of followers, listeners, viewers that um, – are not in state. Uh, maybe they move in. They want to try to find a place to put their kid at. They got a corporate um, job. How do they? What's your website? You know, if they're looking for a place, if they come into Irving or near Irving, how can they take a look at your school? Our website's www.sgca.net. Sgca.net, and that's a great spot. You'll get a video tour of our school uh, before you're even on campus here. I uh, can give us a call, schedule a tour. would love to talk to you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So y'all look them up if you come on in. You know, TAPS does have a lot of quality schools, all different kind of schools, depending on what size, uh, what faith, um, or anything. Or not even, some of them are, don't have faith. Um, not all faith faith. Um, so um, you guys should check out the TAPS organization if you come in. Or, um, Brian Bunzelmeyer, who I'll be interviewing here in a little while, um, actually reminded us that we're the 24th largest organization in the country. In the country. That's pretty doggone good. Um, so, um, Matt, I want to say thank you, man. appreciate you giving me a little bit of time. Uh, just remember that I will have this recorded and downloaded all the time. I'll have it on my phone, so if you say anything crazy, I'll just start taking <laughs> excerpts and, <laughs> and change what I said. Yeah, I know how you are. Right. I, I can do all kinds of things in there. I can put some SpongeBob voices in there. I can do all kinds of stuff. Uh, George, thanks for being a friend of Stonegate and a, a, a true friend to me. Yep. I appreciate, appreciate it. it man. Thank you.